Hello and welcome to the Haskin Cast podcast. I am your host, Scott Haskin, here with a very special episode for you this week. And I love how this came together. It was very, very organic. My friend Kimber reached out, introduced me to these lovely folks over the internet. And uh, just before we started the interview, uh, we talked for a couple of minutes and right away, I was just like, I didn't even care about recording. I just wanted to talk to him because they're such dynamic and wonderful people, as you will see in the interview. And uh, man, I, it, this could have gone on for hours. <laughs> I really felt bad that I had only booked it for a half hour because, uh, you know, I know that they're busy. They have a lot going on. I didn't want to take up too much of their time, but we could have uh, we just could have kept going. Uh, Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal Dwyer Hansen are just if you read their resumes, like you saw the list of everything that they've done. I could have spent a whole hour just reading that and asking a little question here and there because it's it's absolutely immense. And just to kind of lay a little bit of groundwork, um, you've probably heard of them before, uh, at least Mark's work. Uh, even if you're not familiar with the names, you know the work that they've done. Mark was the co-author of Chicken Soup for the Soul along with Jack Canfield. Anyone who's seen The Secret or any number of similar programs, Jack Canfield has been out there uh, doing those things and uh, Really amazing, the story. I, I won't spoil it here. I would encourage you to research the story of Chicken Soup for the Soul because this really, this shows what it's all about, believing in what you do, believing in who you are, believing that you have something that can help others and not just, you know, getting a, a door closed in your face and saying, well, that didn't work out. Maybe I'll go to work uh, in a factory. I mean, this is real tenacity, real determination. And you don't get that without, A, believing in what you're doing, and B, believing in yourself, being the right one to do it. And there's nothing at all wrong with that. Uh, total respect for for that kind of attitude. And please do uh, seek out that story because it's quite amazing. And and for Crystal, you know, it's it's got to be just amazing watching your work transform people's lives right before your eyes. And we're going to talk a little bit about that when we do the interview. But these people are just unbelievable. And I, I don't normally plug the product in the intro, but I'm just going to say right now, ask the bridge from your dreams to your destiny is a book that absolutely everybody should read. It doesn't matter whether you believe in the law of attraction. It doesn't matter whether you're you know, happy where you are. You can always find a way to take your life to another level. And especially if you're someone who is depressed, who doesn't believe in themselves, who thinks that they're just not destined for anything, this is exactly the book for you. Because it shows you that it's possible for everybody. It shows you that nobody is sent here to be a failure. Like you weren't born to be nothing. Like everybody has an opportunity to do something with their lives, whether you think you can or you can't, you can. And I highly, highly, highly encourage you to start by reading this book, listen to the audiobook, whatever, just go through, go through this material. So before uh, I bring the interview, just a couple things. Uh, we're coming up on Halloween. I do have a very special Halloween episode planned. So uh, tune in on Halloween night or, you know, whenever you like to afterwards, but it's going to be a little bit on the creepy side, a little bit on the uh, crossing over into the paranormal world side. So uh, I'm really looking forward to uh, releasing that show. 
And uh, let's see what else. We're two less than two weeks away now from the launch of my new show, Uriah Heap, The Magician's Podcast. Uh, as I plugged last week, it is already available on most formats. I have uploaded the sort of welcome episode because I needed to get all the RSS feeds going. And so that is available for you to listen to. But most importantly, those are available on most podcast outlets so that you can subscribe and be notified when the episodes come out. Spoiler alert, it's going to be on Tuesday mornings if you're in the Pacific, uh, late Tuesday morning if you're in the UK. I know that there are a lot of Uriah Heap fans in Europe, so uh, but it'll be out there Pacific time around 2 a.m. is the goal. I have to get all that worked out yet, but that's kind of what I'm aiming for. And we're starting with Very Heavy, Very Humble, starting with the song Gypsy and going right through every song that they've done through all the albums, all 24 albums through Live in the Dream. While I'm in the middle of this, I know that they plan to be recording another album in February in the studio. That's the goal. Uh, whether they'll be able to do that because of COVID, we don't know. But uh, that will be also included. So uh, anything that they do after that, any other studio recordings will be included in the podcast. One song each week. Uh, I will be launching the episode on the third with uh, several songs from Very Heavy, Very Heavy, Very Humble. So um be on the lookout for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's pretty much uh, everything I wanted to talk about before we start the interview. So let's just get right to it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I would like to welcome two fantastic guests to the show today. I had no idea who I was interviewing until they sent me uh, some information and then I just went, wow, I, <laughs> I am like the luckiest podcaster in the world. Uh, Crystal Dwyer Hansen and Mark Victor Hansen are two amazing authors putting so much great stuff into the world to make it a better place to enrich our lives so that we can live happier, more beneficial and fruitful lives, not just for ourselves, but for everyone else that we affect, which is everyone, if you really think about it. So let's welcome to the show, Crystal and Mark. How are you guys? Hey, we're fantastic, Scott. and so happy to be here with you today. Indeed, we are. Well, thank you very much for taking some time out. I know you, you're doing a lot of uh, press right now, so I'm sure that you're exhausted. And, and, and I would imagine that you're kind of tired of answering the same questions, yet they're exciting still at the same time. They are. And you know what? Every interview is different. Um, yeah, every podcaster sort of has a different flavor. So it's been fun. It's really been fun, too. We feel like we're touring the world from our computer at home. <laughs> oh, that's great. If I may... You know, as a guy who sold a half billion books, I, I have some experience in doing media. And it's a lot faster on these podcasts, number one. Number two is that almost universally, people like you, Scott, have been very kind, read our book. And each one of them has a different interest. So no podcast, even though some days we've done five and all crazy day seven, um, no one has asked the same questions, curiously enough. Oh, that's great. Well, that makes it better for you guys, too, because as excited as you are, obviously, to release your product, when I write an album, I'm sick to death of it by the time it, it's being released because I've listened to it over and over again, just like you guys edit your books. Uh, and then I kind of don't want to talk about it, but you have to. Right. You do. You do. And, and you kind of fall in love. I get that because I do more of the heavy editing than Mark does on the books. But, you know, I think you you do that and then you really fall in love with it again. You put it down for a while. And, and do you find out when you come back to it, it's like, ah, oh, this is really great. It's really fun to read it or in your case, listen. <laughs> mm -hmm. I do, but it takes me a while. Like I have to get away from it for quite some time before, like usually a year or so before I'm ready to listen to it again. Oh, that long. Interesting. Yeah. 
It's weird, but, but I mean, when I'm writing a book it's, from editing, it's kind of the same thing. My brain just kind of shuts off a little bit because I know what I've said. Do you find that when you're editing that it's difficult to really read every word and, and, and ingest the meaning when you already know what it is? You know, I think it takes a certain kind of brain to, to be a pretty good editor. Mark does not like the, the heavy editing. He just, <laughs> he does exactly what you just described. It just shuts off and kind of, you start skimming because it's like, yeah, I already know that, you know, and I am really, um, that's why we're a good team. I am a really picky perfectionist kind of person. So I will read it so carefully and I try to get into, you know, every new thought and every story. I'm pretty thorough with that. I mean, it was surprising because when we, um, our editor had to do very little work on this book, no big structural editing. Um, I was shocked. I expected her to. I was like, okay, bring it on. Tell me what we need to change. And it was very perfunctory stuff, you know. Whereas, if I may, um, back when I was with Random House and I did One Minute Millionaire, it was amazing. The lady said on page 387, you need to put that on paragraph six, page 221. And I thought, holy smoly, I wrote this. And she can <laughs> she can put it like, I'm sure that you do riffs. And somebody says, well, look, I think the chorus should be here or there. I don't know that you do that, Scott. But it, it is, there's verisimilitude between the two art forms that I used to be a musician. Certainly not like you, but uh, or <laughs> with that kind of confidence. But we are certainly keen and love great music and have friends like David Foster and things like that. Well, in all fairness, though, I'm not writing a 600 minute song that somebody could say, you know, this this one note would be better off if you put it on minute 12 instead of minute 407. I mean, that's a really astute editor right there. Well, it astounded yeah. me and, and my partner, Bob Allen, at the time, we both looked at each other and said, wow, I wouldn't have been able to do that ever. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's somebody who has found the right job for what they're like. They were born to do that kind of work. Right. And, and just we're off target here on ask a little bit, but mm -hmm. from the, the point of view, because we're so keen on education, it, education isn't comprehensive enough. In other words, when I mentioned David Foster and he's a friend of ours and Horatio Alger Award winner like Quincy, both Quincy and David failed out of school at 13. I don't know if you know that. And yet, how could you predict? And, and you're in the business, so if you don't agree with the next thing I say, you're okay. I'm okay with that. But okay. the two greatest orchestrators of all times, I mean, one for Michael Jackson and one for Celine Dion as part of their little Vita, you know, you can't see that at 13. And, you know, because somebody can't read or write or do math doesn't mean they, we got to figure out a better way to ask what is your greatest superpower and talent? Yes, I would absolutely agree with that. And that's a, it's a perfect segue actually into the book called Ask, which is what we're mainly here to talk about. This is, you know, when I was reading over just even the overview of it, I thought this is exactly the problem that I think so many people have is we just we either don't know how or we're afraid to ask for what we want. And we just sit here wanting, wishing for better things. But we don't take that step. Why don't we take that step? Well, we discovered um, there are actually seven roadblocks to asking, and each one of us has at least one of those roadblocks inside of us. And those are, you know, unworthiness, naivete, doubt, excuses, fear, pattern paralysis, and disconnection, which for me is really the saddest one because it's really becoming disconnected from the very dreams in your heart. And it's the state of hopelessness. And I think right now, Scott, a lot of people are in that state because we've just 
been met with so many challenges with this COVID and there's so much uncertainty mm-hmm. and human beings like predictability and certainty. So when something like this happens, it really, it's really devastating. And we don't know what the future's looking like, but you know, never has there been a better time to sit down and ask. And we actually say there are three channels through which to ask. And those are ask yourself, ask others and ask God. And we found that each of those channels is equally important to utilize. Mm-hmm. I would think so. I think the hardest thing is to ask others because we don't want to be a burden on people. We also don't want to look weak. We have this ingrained thing that you have to be tough and you can't cry and you can't show emotion. And asking for something from someone else is all of those things. Well, that's right. And it's so funny. The research we um, looked at for the book, you know, people are afraid to ask. The research shows that people are afraid. They think that either they'll look, you know, ignorant, stupid, uninformed, or that if they're asking for something specific, that they will appear to be pushy or obnoxious. And the research also shows that that's not true. If, you, if you're willing to just step out there and ask for something, you have an 80% more likely chance that, that you will have your wish granted or fulfilled. And so there's honestly no reason to not ask but we hold back because we have this sense of unworthiness or this doubt that you know, it's just not going to turn out right. And so we miss so many tremendous opportunities because of those roadblocks. So we say to everyone, you know, study those roadblocks and figure out which ones resonate with you because it's really important to get rid of them. I would imagine that these roadblocks come from mostly the conditioning that we've had since we were children. Like, you know, like I was saying about you can't uh, cry, you can't look weak, that sort of thing. But as I look through history, this has been going on since the beginning of time. It not only has been going through the beginning of time, but we think our book overcomes it at a new level that I've never talked to before. You asked that question the way you did. And that is what we've discovered just because the book only came out April 28th. So that's recent is that when people buddy up on a book, that means two of them get the same book and they go through every question in the book because the first thing is ask yourself, then ask others, then ask God. When people go through every one of the questions, Scott, what we're discovering, we wrote the line in there, of course, from Socrates, the unexamined life is not worth living. Well, but most people never examine their life. Back to what we were saying about even the greatest artists and the greatest orchestrators, suddenly what they're doing, and and one day we got 121 letters in in a day, People are transforming their life because they're going, wow, I never thought of that question. I never thought of, do I have a superpower? What is it I really want to do in my heart of hearts now that I've been fired from this job at, at the airlines or whatever it is, or now that, you know, COVID shut us down and we're saying, hey, wait a second, if Mark and Chris are telling the truth, you can't look at Caterpillar and predict Butterfly, but we're all in this is lockdown um, crystallis or cocoon right now. When I burst out, what do I want to burst out being like? Like I'm hoping out of this, the best music of ours, the best writing of ours, the best thinking and the best invention. And I'll just hitchhike one thing. The, the lockdown of 1898 in America, the first depression, we had four major things come out. The Wright brothers came out with the airplane. The next thing they came out was a guy, Henry Ford, created internal combustion engine in the automobile, which is now being usurped by electric cars and Tesla, of course. But the, the next one was the telephone and the next one's electricity. So out of this kind of, forced um, shutdown, some great things I think can emerge and will emerge. I would I would really like to to believe that because I think that the people who really would be the people that that spend the time 
properly inventing something, really thinking it through and actually putting it into the world are taking advantage of the time right now to do that very thing. Uh, I hadn't realized that all four of those inventions came out of that time. But now that you say that, that certainly is interesting. I think I, I, I'm like my mind's kind of exploding with what's it going to be as opposed to, oh, God, what are we going to what are people going to be like when this is all over after they've been shut in and they're finally free and, you know, they're going to run amok. It, it's quickly turned into what are we looking at? I have seven answers to that. and It's free. If you go to my website, markvictorhanson.com. We were sort of stimulated with the same question you had. And I wrote a book with uh, Mitzi Purdue, the lady who does only 22 million chickens a week. And, and uh, I've recommended that she calls you to talk on your show sometime. But um, you wrote this book called How to Be Up and Down Times. And I said, look, from 2020 to 2030, I think we're not going to do 50 billion in the U.S. We're going to do 50 trillion. We'll pay off the national debt. And the businesses that are going to make it are like, we've now got a company called QCI that figured out how to take trash to cash. You can take every piece of glass, metal, plastic, and and all that, and take the garbage and turn it around. And so we asked ourselves, what else could we do? And Chris and I own a little uh, energy device company in Hawaii called Natural Power Concepts, and we just got the biggest order ever for pop-up windmills called um, Wind Charger. And what happens is that's going to mean that we have green, clean, sustainable energy, and those kind of things, plus robots and cobots, and I can go through it. But what happens is we're going to come out of this and we're going to come out roaring as far as I'm concerned. I certainly hope you're right. And certainly uh, recycling is a big part of something I think that we're missing on a grander scale. I look at that all the time and go, why don't we have apartment complexes that have glass dumps and uh, you know plastic dumps? There's only so much those little target bins can hold. Um, that's, a, that's a great thing. And I love that. And I love, obviously, the, the green energy is very big, too. Um, when you guys sat down to write this book, did you come up with like, how did you, how do you co-write together? <laughs> well, it's interesting because, um, you know, each of us, we knew as we look back on our lives that, you know, questions have had a profound impact in our lives and that anytime um, we were lost or down in the dumps or things weren't going our way, which has happened a number of times. It's funny because when people look at people like Mark and me, you know, you look at someone who you perceive to be successful, and you think everything's always gone well. And that's never true. We've both been through a lot of trials and tribulations. And through those, what we discovered is the only way forward is to sit down and start having that conversation with yourself. And that starts with, you know, the ask yourself part, which is that reflective journey. And um, so we laid out the structure of the book together. And then we really just kind of took the baton and ran with it where we knew our strengths were. And we didn't know how that was going to turn out, Scott, honestly, but it was really seamless because I think we're both really comfortable with the things that, that we feel competent or masterful at. And then, you know, I, my role was to kind of weave it all together in, in, um, you know, sort of expanding our, our original structure. So, so yeah, it, it was actually quite fun and uh, and exciting to see it evolve. I would think part of it for you too is that watching just watching people transform their lives, watching them become happier, becoming more successful in in whatever way that they deem success to be, that's got to be one of the most amazing things that you can experience. Well, it is, and and the book title, as you know, is Ask exclamation mark. And most of you are saying it's the most beautiful book cover they've ever seen because 
it's original and we only do stuff that's original, inevitable and transformative. But the subtitle is what you're hitting on here, the bridge from your dreams to your destiny. And what we're saying is, look, if you're alive, you have a destiny. If you're alive, there's a destiny for fulfill. And our job with this book and getting people to read it and go to Amazon, get it and buddy up with somebody and go through it at depth is our destiny is helping you discover your destiny because so many people are un unemployed, underemployed, not feeling good about themselves, depressed, despondent, disconsolate because of COVID and fear and media and all that stuff. And what's happened is we've had such great reception, not only with the book, but with all the podcasts. Like Crystal, just uh, a few minutes ago, I got a letter and I gave it to her. This one guy has gone over five of her podcasts all at once said, I never knew you guys existed. Now you guys are the hidden treasure, the hidden gem. So and, and what we want to do is get everybody to understand everyone's got treasure. Everyone's got talent. Everyone has opportunity. Everyone has an expansive future, but you've got to change your thinking because it's a time that all of us have had to repivot because no one, I don't think, saw this coming. Well, first of all, thank you very much. That's very kind of you to say, hopefully what we're doing on the podcasting side is really giving that voice to people who had to only go on television shows, which was a limited uh, area, same shows over and over. Um, it's really great to be able to hit a wider uh, audience and, and get your message out there to more people. And I think podcasting has been a, a very great thing for that, for sure. What what I think is is interesting is I look at, uh, you know, when the little I scroll through my social media feeds, I see mostly people posting memes that say it's going to get better or, you know, you are loved. Repost this if you if you want to help people not kill themselves. It seems like everybody's putting messages out there trying to feel better. But that's all we're doing. When do we stop telling our story? and do these things that you're talking about, actually take the action to make it better. Right, and what we found when we wrote the book is there's a vast difference between people who are continually successful in, your, in their lives, whether it's in relationships and career and starting over and not staying stuck and people who seem to not have success in those areas. And that big difference is the ability to sit down and ask the right questions. And in all three areas, asking yourself, asking others and asking God. And so, um, we just feel feel like this book is, everybody's telling us, in fact, that it's a way to take very specific action. And there's a lot of, a lot of great action steps inside of the book. Um, what we want people to do is understand that, you know, we all came into this world as master askers, you know, as young children, we were born with this beautiful curiosity. You know, we wanted to know who, what, when, where, why, how. And we also wanted to ask for more, more, more. And then at some point, whether it was through the type of parenting we got or the schools we went to, the jobs we had, and just basic life rejection, we started to get shut down. And we start to, to become sort of ashamed to want more, ashamed of our curiosity. And what we're saying is that is the, the most beautiful gift that you were given. And so we need that to come alive. We want people to rediscover that. Because it's when you, first of all, just becoming curious like a child again, you start to wonder about things that you stopped wondering about. And when you pass someone by, you wonder, who are they? What do they do? Is there an opportunity? You wonder what it would be like to connect. And, and often we're walking by the person that could be our next um, you know, important partner or a great friend or someone who knows something we don't that presents an opportunity we were not aware of. 
And so what asking does, um, it not only helps us take that reflective journey, but it also binds us back to one another because we are here to be one another's greatest resource. And it's just such a beautiful thing, the, the bonding that takes place when people start to take this asking journey. I love that. that. That was so beautifully said and really just inspiring because we do have that potential. We just have to open up to it and quit telling our story, quit talking about all the bad things, quit promising the future and just start making it happen. Can I talk to that with one of the stories in our book? Please do. So we did everything. We wrote everything we knew of overcoming every obstacle and, and going through every roadblock in our own lives, the seven that we talk about. And then we checked it out with all the universities at Stanford and Harvard and Cambridge, all that. And then we interviewed 26 superstar askers, one of whom has a story that is profound for our time and your listeners, it seems to me. And that is our friend Jim Stovall, who is pure wisdom. But Stovall at 19 is prepared. He's strong. He's got high endurance. He's going to be an NFL player. He gets recruited. They do the medical and the medical doctor and a coach come back and say, I'm sorry, kid, but you're going to be permanently forever blind in six months ruins his life he thought he's incarcerated self-incarcerated in nine by 12 room with a radio a telephone or a television he's doing what you just said he's uh, mumbling negatively in sort of an echo chamber and his parents said look jimmy get on a blind meeting maybe they can talk you out of it well it's another echo chamber of negativity but luckily he sits with a woman that asked the question that changed his and her life and and she was also blind in a store a court stenographer and he said, boy, I used to love to watch TV and see somebody throw a right hook or hear tires squeal away. Somebody ought to do something. She asked the profound, transformative question. Wait a second. Jim, we're somebody. Why can't we do something? And because you and I are sighted, we wouldn't know it. But she and he created narrative television. 14 million people pay $10 a month around the world to get to hear what you and I are seeing because they want to watch TV and watch movies. And that'd be great. And then I get a letter from a friend who, when I was selling 15 million books a year and had all the records in Guinness and that, and they said, hey, wait a second, you got to read this book. I know you're busy, but this is going to be the book you love called The Ultimate Gift. Well, I read it. It wowed me. I wrote the forward and the backward, and I said, this is so profound, Jim Stowell. You've got to make The Ultimate Gift a movie. And he did, and it made $100 million. And so we interviewed him for Ask, and he said, I now write books that I can't read, and I make movies that I can't watch. What it does in my mind, Scott, is it gets people out of their pity party and oh, poor me, and you don't know how awful it is here in this lockdown. Yeah, because all of us are gonna have, all of us, the big word is the vicissitudes of life, which you'd never put in one of your songs, I don't think, but- It's hard to rhyme, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I would say, I would say, because your music is pure poetry and that's wonderful and poetry goes to heart, the story does have a, the a penultimate of effects, I think. Yeah, I think that's the thing. But he also has the ability to find a way to enjoy those things that he creates. I mean, he writes books he can't read, but Lewis Braille came up with a system to allow blind people to read. There's audiobooks. It's all in where you cut that line of I'm willing to give up or I'm going to keep pushing until I have the things I want to have in my life. By the way, just fortuitously, Crystal and I, when before COVID, we're on a program with the guy who created all that Braille, and it's arguably the smartest guy who runs Google X, and it's a, you know, Dr. Ray Kurzweil created that Braille, and he's a sighted guy, but his brother was blind, and you just go, oh my gosh, 
I, I mean, I, my mind doesn't work in that zone, but I, I am so thankful because I define an entrepreneur as somebody who finds a problem, fixes it, scales it, and gets a vast profit. And he absolutely deserves it because, you know, in the world, there's hundreds of millions of blind people, unfortunately, and people get blind as they go older and get macular degeneration, all kinds of stuff. So it's, and that's why music is so good and why, you know, I'm glad you like talking books. So you've got to ask yourself, what is it I can invent or, in this pro- and solve a problem and make a vast profit. Exactly. I wanted to ask you guys, you, and obviously all these are out, all of your works are out in audiobook, which is very important because so many people don't have slash make the time to actually sit down with a book in their hand or on their Kindle and read. So if you guys want to hear this stuff, it is available in multiple formats while you're driving to work, while you're you know cleaning the house, whatever. You've got your phone. You just stick it in your pocket with the earbuds and you can learn all these great opportunities to change your life. When you guys finished the book, did you look back at it and go, we didn't know what we were doing. We should really start over and question yourselves. Or did you feel like this, this is, we really hit it on the head this time. I think both of us want to answer this and and we're fighting for it, but I will go first and say, (laughs) look, I wanted. I wrote down crazy goals because I believe you need big, hairy, audacious goals. And I wrote down during my lifetime, which I plan to live to be 127 with options for renewal. I'm 72 years young. Never besmirch yourself by saying you're old. My intent is to sell a billion books. And to say that is a laughable, impossible goal, but I'm halfway to goal. Um, and now people are starting to say, I think you've got lightning in a bottle again with your book, Ask, The Bridge from Your Dreams to Destiny. I bet you're going to do it. And your statement, huh? I would say my response to that is, you know, um, Scott, there's always a deadline on the book. And my with my perfectionist tendencies, I'm like, oh, let me just add this. Let me add this. I want to keep adding. And then, of course, after the book is published, um, you know, this whole asking world and message has evolved as we take it out to the world. So, you know, we're adding so many things and we've already started to create a program around ask. Part of that is too, you know, you can't write an 800 page book because no one's going to read it. <laughs> right. um, you know, so you have to be somewhat concise and um, introduce the topic and make it, you know, um, diverse enough and have enough material that people find it interesting. And then with the work we do, um, it's easy to extrapolate by creating programs, which we're already doing, like I said, because this topic deserves a tremendous amount of attention and um, it calls for uh, an opportunity to support people in their asking journey. There's just a lot, a lot of opportunity there. So um, we're excited about that. I'm excited too. And I think that this is a great opportunity for everything to change and not just changing yourself, but what you change changes your environment. It changes the people that you associate with and maybe inspires them to do something. If you walk around complaining all the time, you're not inspiring people to make their lives any better either. As a matter of fact, let's do the opposite. It's one of those roadblocks because complaining shuts down the other person. The minute and I've always taught my seminars for 44 years around, you know, mostly sales and entrepreneurship and leadership and business. That if somebody says, how's business, that right, correct answer is booming because it's always booming for someone, somewhere, somehow, sometime, some now. And that someone can be you. But if you talk business up, others will bring you business. If you talk business down, rich people will never hire you, work with you, talk to you or continue the conversation. Does that make sense? Oh, it absolutely does. Absolutely does. 
uh, I know we're a little short on time, but I want to ask you guys one more question, if that's okay. Sure, no problem. Because I think this could be kind of a door opener for a lot of people. It it seems to me, and please please tell me if you see things differently. I interact with people very little now, but it seems to me that people are either afraid to put forth the effort to make their lives better, or they don't want to because it's easier to stay in the misery of being depressed, or they don't know how. What do you guys think about that? I think that's true. I think we're creatures of habit um, often. And if we don't make a decision to live our lives a little bit more deliberately, then we stay in a state of stuckness or a state of misery or whatever state we're experiencing, depression. But the truth of it is, I'm, I'm a transformational life coach and your life is, well, it appears that life is coming at you from the outside and you're ducking and dodging and trying to keep all the balls in the air. The reality is that life is your life experience is created from the inside out. And so I promise you to whoever's listening today, that if you are just willing to take 15 minutes with yourself in the morning, preferably, but if you have to do it at night, um, uh, I, we just like to start off our day sort of in that meditative prayer time where we ask the, the right questions. But there are three, we call them the critical phases of, of questions that you should ask yourself. And those are, where am I now? You know, and all the little sub questions that come after that, because we need to understand where we are right now with ourselves, with our life, with our progress, with everything. We need to understand where we are now so we can understand where we are going and where we want to go. And some people never stop and take the time to define that. So where am I now? And all those little sub questions, you know, do I like what's going on? Um, am I am I fulfilling? Am I expressing my talents or am I so far away that I don't recognize myself? All of those things. There are a lot of questions in the book that you can follow. The second critical phase is, where do I want to be? I mean, it's striking how few people take the time to ask that question because that question will literally, if you follow that question forward and listen for the answers, that will provide you the framework for your life. Where do I want to be? And Mark and I like to um, use our imaginations and imagine the ultimate scenario in that situation. Where do I want to be in my ultimate vision of my success in, in my career? Where do I want to be in my ultimate relationships? Where do I want to be with my ultimate health and fitness? So start at the nth degree of, you know, wonderful success in all of those areas and then engineer it backwards. Okay. So I'm, I, this is where I want to be. And who am I talking to every day? What's important to me each, each day? What activities am I doing each day as this perfectly wonderful, successful person? And you will literally start to create this architecture for your perfect life. If you'll just take that little bit of time with yourself and ask those questions. And then the final um, question in that critical phase, uh, three questions is, so it's where am I now? Where do I want to be? And what are the specific actions I need to take to get there? And it's truly life-changing if you'll just follow that, that asking bridge, we call it every day. If you get on that asking bridge every day, you will follow it to your destiny because all of those answers will come to you and give you the architecture and give you the direction for your ultimate life. I would think so. And I would think that starting it, doing that first thing in the morning is kind of like waking up your spiritual metabolism, right? Like if you exercise and eat right first thing in the morning, your metabolism runs faster during the day. I would think this would work the same way. 
exactly correct. That's why I was out exercising at six o'clock for one hour. But we also, when Crystal and I started, we were falling in love and we're sitting at, at Mother's Market in Coast Mesa back in California. And guy crossed from us is 90 something and a man of uh, the cloth leans in and says, do you guys look so in love? Would you mind my telling you the secret to staying married happily forever? And I said, yeah, I'd like to hear that. He said, well, I've been head of Billy Graham Ministries uh, for the last 50 plus years, 70 years, sorry. And he said, uh, all you got to do is pray out loud every day. And like we prayed in church and all that kind of stuff, but never out loud spousally. And then we decided to do that. So every morning we do exactly what you just said fortuitously. We pray, meditate, visualize, and realize where we want to go and what our destiny is going to be so we can sculpt the ideal life. Like our one of our favorite cities outside of America is Florence. And you get to see Michelangelo's great David. And they say, how you make it, David? He said, I chippy out everything, not David. Right. You and I got to chip out with questions, everything that doesn't work in our life and say, what would work and what can I replace it with? So I re-vector myself and make my ideal life. That's brilliant. I love that. And I also love Costa Mesa, by the way. I go there every year. It's one of my favorite places on the planet. Not that I travel a whole lot, but that's one place I will go. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that you really hit it on the head, though. And and it, it just, it seems to me that that people are afraid that they won't know how to answer the questions, maybe. Is that kind of what prevents them from asking in the first place? They're too concerned about what if I can't answer it or what if this doesn't work and then I'm left with nothing. But you kind of have nothing now if you're not moving forward. Precisely. Yeah. And I also think we sort of live with this illusion that life already is what it is and we just have to deal with it and cope with it. And that's just not true. Life is so dynamic. You can change it with a, you know, in an instant, if you're willing to explore, dive in, ask the questions, listen for the answers. You, you ask a question, suddenly you get an illumination. You ask another question suddenly you see the solution. It appears somewhere in front of you. You go, wow, this is like truly magical. You ask another question and you start to form a plan. And in that way, little by little, life starts to become so much better. And when you start asking and your life becomes better, the lives around you become better. Exactly. Exactly what I was saying earlier. I think the thing is, is also being open to it, not just saying, all right, well, I'm going to do this. The book said to do this, so I'm going to do it. Like you have to be, you have to be in a positive vibration. You have to want to to move forward. That's right. And by the way, negativity and complaint and all that and, and fear, which is false evidence appearing as real, shuts us down because fear is uncertainty manifesting. And it's a one way elevator going down if you're into worry. And, and so what we're saying, hey, look, I understand it's going to be tough, but like you said, if you haven't got time to read our book, listen to it or get it on audio or watch some of our videos online and, or just go to my website, markvictorhanson.com or go to Crystal's website. Crystalvisionlife.com. There's a free resource there. It's called Purge Messy Thinking. It's a guided, guided visualization audio. Oh, I like that. Yeah, it's just, you know, we all need to get rid of our messy thinking, right? So um, Especially now. Yeah. The other thing we did is we created askthebookclub.com and for free, we're asking everyone to go to askthebookclub.com and we'll invite you in and we'll take them through. Yeah. So if you you can get the book on Amazon. Yeah, you gotta get the Amazon. Book first. Yeah. And then, you know, if you want an invitation to the book club, once you have the book, go to Ask the Book Club. I'm, I'm gonna make it even easier. Just click the link in the show notes. 
there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, you know, so I really easy. wish I would have booked like a three or four hour podcast with you guys, because I think we could go on with this all day. But I really want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show. Please come back and, and, and visit again as many times as you want, because this is important. This is great stuff to get out to people. And I just want to take a minute to say Thank you guys for doing what you can to help everyone make the world a better place, because that is what we need more than anything. Well, it's our pleasure. And the big guy said the greatest amongst you is servant of all. And we really want to serve everyone. And our, our vocation happens to be inspiring people to discover their own destinies now. Well, I think that's about one of the most beautiful gifts you can have. We are thankful that you see that. So yes, thank and you. Scott, thank you for having us. We've enjoyed every second with you. Me too. And and to anyone who's listening, I would say just just get the book at, and just start asking yourself questions. But let's let's all go in with a positive mindset because that's the only way things are going to get better. Amen. Thank you guys very much. Please come back and see us again. But thank you so much for visiting today. Thank you, Scott. Thanks, Scott. You bet. Bye-bye. Bye. see what I mean, right? You see why I wanted to just keep talking and talking and talking and asking questions and getting answers and getting clarification. But the bottom line is just read the book. The uh, link is down in the show notes. You can get it in paper format. You can get it in Audible. You can, uh, however you want it, it's available to you. And I highly encourage that you do that. I really look forward to speaking with Mark and Crystal again. Uh, Just two absolutely wonderful people, just instant chemistry from uh, from the time that we connected on the call. Thank you guys for tuning in to for another week of the Haskin Cast podcast. Remember to tune in on Halloween night for a very special episode or whenever you feel like listening to it. In the meantime, ratings, reviews, please. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys next week. Cheers. Cheers.